From the San Clemente Times, I'm Adam Hawk. This is The Fellowship. As 2024 unfolds, we examine a trip to Park City, Utah, a nightmare round at Torrey Pines, and why Americans don't like going to the dentist. Today, my colleague Ryan Engel on those three topics and why the Bob Hope estate should be suing anyone and everyone. It's Monday, January 15th. Welcome to the fellowship. My name is Adam Hawk, co-owner of the Nation Golf Company here, as always, with the founder of said enterprise, Mr. Ryan J. Engel. Thank you for being here, because I, for one, didn't know if I would ever be here again. There was, there was a part of me this past Thursday afternoon that thought I would be stuck on the south course of Torrey Pines looking for golf balls buried in ankle-deep rough for the rest of my life as I played a five-hour and 45-minute torturous round. But more on that in a minute. Pards, let's talk about you. It's 8.30 in the morning. Okay. Okay. On Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We haven't had a chance to catch up because despite our extremely close relationship, we typically don't talk too much over the weekends. And I'm curious because I think I have a small view of the big picture of what's coming up for you. But this week is a big one for you, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm lumped into it. You're heading back to Indian Wells Country Club for the third time in 10 days, and then you're off to Sundance? Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah. Utah, give me two. A lot of people don't know this, but I made a little POV. It's called Point of View, little video, and it kind of... Caught some steam, and we're debuting it on the independent screening downtown at the Elks Lodge. So okay. it's going to be something else. All right. So that's just a load of horse hockey. Of the two people on this iPod broadcast that a listener would assume might be headed to Sundance, it would be me. How? A wannabe cinephile whose favorite directors are Paul Thomas Anderson and the Coen brothers, who once upon a time lived in L.A. for 10 years and wrote screenplays who has attended screenings at the Soho House. Wait, wait, Adam, writing a screenplay for The McRib is Back on YouTube doesn't really count as writing a screenplay. Whose identity is deeply rooted <laughs> in independent arts. That's the guy... Independent arts! That's the guy who a listener might think would be going to Sundance. Well, I'll tell you what, Adam. I'll fill you in on all the details when I get back. Not a 42-year-old who relentlessly still quotes Blazing Saddles and who hasn't seen a film made in the last four decades. What the hell are you going to Sundance for? My wife's brand is doing a pop-up shop at a really cool store downtown, and I'm, I'm the heavy lifter. I'm the help. I'm the, I'm the muscle. I'm there to carry boxes, steam clothes, and try to stay the fuck out of the way. Do you want to shout out your wife's brand? Yeah, Dandy Del Mar. They're doing big things, and it's really fun watching their success. Kind of feels like when we watch their success, it's our success, but then we realize we're not very successful. <laughs> we were originally going to fly and freight the stuff out there, but that's not going to work. 
Plus, it's been snowing nonstop there, so that's going to be an obstacle. But So we're driving out. It's our full road trip. We're bringing the baby, the grandparents. It's going to be, as they say in Hawaii, we're going to be holo holo. We'll see what happens. Besides being the help, are you going to go to any film screenings? Are you even going to understand any of the films screened there? Do you- I'm going to go to bars and restaurants, Adam. Okay, so when some aspiring writer or producer is having a conversation next to you with another said aspiring producer or writer, are you going to try to chime in? And- yeah, I'm just going to go, hey, you guys, you guys play golf? Okay. You want to listen to The Fellowship? I have something to tell you, something to bring to the uh, episode. I told Katie Kai, I was like, we're making a bet for every person that notices me as tips from the tips, you got to pay me 20 bucks. Wow. <laughs> and she's like, not one person. And I was like, I think I got 180 bucks on this weekend. Okay. Do the math on that. You yep. think nine people are going to recognize least, you? At least nine. Okay. How- I was going to do an even 10, but I like odd numbers. How long are you going to be out there? Tomorrow we're leaving. We get in late. And then we'll be in the store Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're going to be in the thick of it for four days. Are you going to (laughs) ski? We're not because we're going to fly back out the weekend afterwards to pack up the rest of the boxes after they've been out for a while. And then we're going to ski one day then and then come back. So you're taking the whole family in your Ford Transit van? No, we're taking Katie's truck. And you guys are all going to fit in that? No, mom and dad are taking the Subi. Oh, so it's a caravan. Yeah. We got walkie-talkies. It's on, dude. Slim Jims, Gatorades. Watch out, dude. Walkie-talkies? Oh, yeah. You ever been on a road trip caravan? You always take walkie-talkies. So you can talk to the car in front of you like on the fly, dude. You know there are lots of walkie-talkie apps for cell phones. Why would we do that? Okay, so you went out and purchased walkie-talkies for this? That's like saying, you know, you don't have to play your records anymore. There's a record app. Cool. What are you, the fucking fun police now? No, but you went out and- Is that coffee brewing? Is it even working? Can you see it? Yeah. Okay. The coffee is brewing. Okay, continue. How much did these walkie-talkies cost you? I don't know. We did a full big five run. I got long underwear, the whole nine yards. Long underwear and walkie-talkie. Hand warmers, quench gum. They got it all there, dude. Okay. Yeah. What are you so worried about? I'm not worried about anything. You look so worried. I'm smiling ear to ear because you at Sundance is funny in and of itself. You <laughs> thinking you're going to get recognized at Sundance is yeah. hilarious. I, yeah, and and we'll probably get invited to some rad party and I'll tell you all about it. No, you won't. You never yeah, disclose your personal life ever. What are you talking about? You are one of these people. I'm going to tell you all about it. You don't volunteer stories. People have to ask you for them. Yeah, but then I tell them really good, though. Yeah. Really well. <laughs> really well. Yeah. We're, we're really good. We're work, we're <laughs> it's work. really good. Okay. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> are you excited for this trip? God, I'm so excited. Are you? I don't know. Not really. I mean, I'm excited to get the experience, but it's just like anything with kids and business and logistics. I mean, we have 19 boxes. The entire back of her truck is going to be filled up to the top of the shell. I just know that that's going to be me carrying those out of the car in the snow, and that's going to be me opening them up and breaking them down, and that's going to be me pulling them out, and I'm going to have to help with all the steaming and merchandising too. So I'm going to get my ass kicked. You know, it's really nice though, and you can take some solace in this normally 
when a wife has something very big going on and their husbands are lending help. They are typically the most patient and understanding and grateful people during those scenarios. So I have a feeling that your wife will be extra nice to you as you try to help her out on all of these different things, don't you think? Oh yeah, she's going to be her best self. Yeah. Now, I was just dabbling in the lowest form of wit there. That's called sarcasm, folks. There's, oh, wow. You, you, you know how to do that? There's, there's nothing like a wife when she's got something big going on who absolutely detests their husband's presence regardless of how much their husband is helping out. I'm going to quite simply be a piece of meat and not in the good way that everyone's thinking right now. Very good. Do let's you, talk about sex, Adam. Nope, let's not. Do you expect some verbal lashings while you're out there just for being you? The good news is, is mom and dad are there. We got a little bit of an audience. Katie's coworker is going to be with us too. So great. Usually that is a very nice buffer. This isn't like a closed door meeting. We're we're at the UN. You know, you got to kind of like put the earpiece in and talk politely. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well said. I'm actually watching a show that has a lot of UN and earpieces in it right now on Apple TV. Wow. Called. For all mankind. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've, I'm current. Are you? You're all caught up? Yeah, all the way to the end. It's a really stupid show. I know, but somehow you just get stuck on it. Yeah. And it's so cheese dick, but you're just like, eh, I'll let that slide. I'll believe that. And I feel like I say, I'll let that slide. I'll believe that 10 times an episode. Well, how far along are you? We're two episodes away from being completely caught up. Oh, okay. So you're on Mars and you've seen them age. Yeah. Nowadays, all these these series try so hard to look like motion pictures, but they don't have nearly the budget, and they're filming more often. So they all have a little faint hint of like daytime television vibes. It's so cheese dick when you have these shows where these characters have to be like 40 years older than they are, and it just doesn't matter how much makeup and shit you put on. You just like, I look, and I'm like, don't believe it. Mm -hmm. You look fake. Yep. That's my biggest problem with the thing i thought it would have been cool if they let those mains die off and other people took the reins they kill a lot of people on that they show. do they do boy the season ender is weird okay i call this a bridge show it's a show that you find to bridge you in between a great show that just hasn't come out yet or that you haven't heard about or something that you're waiting on to come back yeah it's just it's filling the void absolutely it's filled the void so well that I haven't even spoken that I've watched it to you yet. Right. Because again, you don't volunteer personal information. Well, I, I have to if extract it's a good, it. something good, I tell you. I also don't believe that you watch good stuff. You think The Mandalorian is a great show. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. We know. Yeah. We know. Yeah. I did just watch, without a doubt, my favorite television show of all time. It's called The Curse. The problem with this show is no one has seen it except my wife and I. And I can't talk to anybody about it. But it's called The Curse. And if you're listening out there and you have seen The Curse, slide into the DMs. I really want to discuss this series with you. And if you haven't seen it, pay for Paramount Plus and watch the most batshit, crazy, amazing show I have ever seen. The Curse. It's number one on my list all time. It just usurped Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, The Wire, and The Sopranos just like that. Mm -hmm. It was that good. Moving on, we are jamming this podcast recording in before you head to a dentist appointment. Yep. Are you a big dentist guy? I hate I'm the dentist. Okay, me too. It's probably one of the only real true fears of my life. And even now that you know you're going to be okay, I sit there tense as fuck. I had an absolute early 80s 
cowboy dentist. This guy ended up getting disbarred and stuff. It was bad, dude. It was like you go in, no gloves, opens you up raw. You feel chapped immediately just because it's just so violating. And he was just fucking mean. He was smart because he really made it separate where like your mom would wait for you, you know? Once that door shut, you're in the dungeon, dude. That guy fucking scared the shit out of me. And plus, back then, the dentistry stuff was so bad. I had a bunch of cavities. And back then, they would, like, ground your teeth down and put a whole chrome cap, like, over a molar, you know, that just, like, felt like the Terminator just bit your gums off. I was like, fuck the dentist. This is the worst place ever. I'd rather get 400 shots in my ass (laughs) than go to the dentist, you know? And then now, they've gotten a lot better. And it's like, I'm not scared of it. But I definitely feel tense in the chair i don't like the feeling of like you know like Mm -hmm. all that shit and because it's like dude emotionally damaged right i load the dentist and this isn't some kind of tired bit because hating the dentist isn't a unique personality trait it's a fairly common feeling amongst most people yourself included and up until about 18 months ago i took advantage of my insurance and i went to the dentist every six months like you're supposed to but it dawned on me after my last appointment I'm an adult. I'm the head of my household. I call the shots now. So why am I voluntarily doing this thing that I absolutely hate? So I stopped going. It's not against the law. I don't have to go. No one's going to come arrest me. So I just stopped going. I still brush twice a day and floss. But why do I have to go to this hellhole of a waiting room, listen to Kenny G on repeat, and then sit in a chair with my mouth pried open and get tortured by those nightmare sounds and have some jackass ask me questions when I can't even swallow, let alone form words with my mouth. Yeah, I mean, your teeth look great, dude. You don't need to go. Yeah, thanks. I could use an orthodontist (laughs) on the bottom row, that's for sure. But another reason I stopped going, my dentist is two blocks from my house, which I thought was great because I can walk there. So I chose the office that was near to my house for my primary dental care. Come is to it one of those dental offices that don't have windows? No, it has windows, but oh. it's one of those dental offices that used to be a house. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, I wouldn't go either, dude. Well, no, here's why I stopped going. Come to find out when I first went there a few years back, my next door neighbor was a hygienist there. And this is a deeply, deeply awkward scenario because we know each other and she cleans my teeth. And that's not something I want someone I personally know and see on the regular to be doing. So I suffered through it a couple of times and then I decided, you know what? To hell with this whole thing. I'm not going anymore. A big reason I'm not going is because I hate it. But a huge reason I'm not going is because I don't want someone I know cleaning my teeth. Could you imagine someone you know getting all up in your mouth like that would you want that or would you find that extremely awkward and weird i bet you'd like it if she was hot it's not about her it's about <laughs> me it's about i get it people cleaning of course this is teeth. of course this is your life like it's who gross. the fuck goes to a dentist house down the street <laughs> where your neighbor fucking works there like my god dude so anyway i stopped going they call twice a year begging me to schedule another appointment and you know what i do i forward it to voicemail Tell it to my answering machine, you sick freaks. I'm 36, (laughs) not six. This is America, so pound sand, because I ain't going. Wow. And on that note, enjoy your dentist appointment coming up here in a couple hours. Okay. Moving on to the nightmare at Torrey Pines. Let me me ask you something. Was I right? Yes. Don't you hate it when I'm right? On that note, why don't you do what you do so well and take us to a coffee break? We'll be right back. 
We're back, and before the break, the coffee break, which was very needed, we were talking about the nightmare at Torrey Pines, and I said before I was rudely interrupted by a guy who just couldn't wait to point out that he was right yet again. I'm going to pick my words carefully here because I was an invited guest, and I am very grateful for these opportunities, and in no way am I looking a gift horse in the mouth. But this is part of the gig. When you work for a media company like I do with the SCGA, you get invited to partake in media days. And we're at that time of year in the PGA Tour calendar where they go to Hawaii, California, and Arizona. You've got the Century on Maui, the Sony on Oahu, the Bob Hope in La Quinta, the Farmers in San Diego, the Bing Crosby at Pebble, the Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale, and the Genesis in Los Angeles. Part of putting on these events is hosting a media day or as they call it, a preview day for each tournament ahead of the playing of those respective championships. So, as a distinguished member of the media, I get invited to play at PGA West for the Bob Hope, Riviera for the Genesis, and Torrey Pines for the Farmers, and hopefully one day Pebble Beach. That would be great. This is a nice perk, a little paid work day to go swing the wrenches at some of the best courses in America. And all they're hoping for, these people that invite you out, is that you will use your platform to hype up the event. It's the trade-off. Hey, media, come on out, play the course, check it out, and write about it, talk about it, whatever. So that's why I went to Torrey Pines. And I was very excited to go to Torrey Pines because I've been there twice, played the North Course both times, once with you, Ryan, and I had a great time at the North Course each time I was there. And the North Course is known as being the easier and more fun golf course, but it doesn't have the same views of the ocean as the South Course. Also, the South Course is where they play three of the four rounds during the Farmers and all eight of the rounds of the U.S. Open in 2008 and 2021. So in terms of golf history, the South Course is the storied course. It's the course of record. And I've never played there. So when I drew the South Course for Media Day, I was super excited to get down there and play. Before we get into just how difficult the South Course was and how much of an ass kicker it was, I do want to note that I did see two people down there, two people of interest to you. The first person I saw, former NFL wide receiver, Notre Dame standout, Super Bowl champion, Golden Tate. The third. Golden Tate the third. Golden Tate is a guy that we actually met at Torrey Pines in 2021 at the U.S. Open. Yeah, he owes me a cigar. Well, you gifted it to him. That's true. I hope he enjoyed it. So full circle moment to see Golden out there. And Ooh, good Joe. Really good coffee today, yeah. despite mm -hmm. that you use tap water. Mm, really. I think that's the secret. You need a little fluoride in there. <laughs> You're about to get a lot of fluoride in a couple yeah, hours. So. I have my dose for the year. Anyway, back in 2021, when we met Golden, we formed a little bit of a friendship with him, ended up seeing him later privately and outfitting him in a ton of nation golf clothing, which we were hoping he would wear at the Celebrity Golf Tournament in Lake Tahoe. Flip on the TV a couple of years ago to see him playing in that tournament, and he's decked out in G4 and Bad Birdie. What are you going to do? What can you do? Nothing. You just sit there and you take it on the chin. And you know that all those nice, hard-collar garments are collecting dust in a former NFL player's closet. Whatever. 
It's not awkward. Saw him, had a great conversation, talked some football. I pretended like I knew what I was talking about. Then he went on his way. Guess who else was on the practice screen around the same time? Your boy, Michael Block. Oh, we should go get a lesson from him, dude. If he's ever there. Can you book a lesson? I will say this. I have a few friends that play Arroyo a lot, and they do speak pretty highly of him. They say he's a cool dude, and he's always like nice in the pro shop, and I've heard he's really good with kids. Like He gives his time. I'm sure he's a good dude. I think he wanted more to be a pro golfer than he wanted to be an instructor. I mean, that's probably fair to say. He's living out his dream. Good for him. You know, He's getting his shine. Go get it. Go get it. Of course he was there, because I think he forgot how to fold a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Folding shirts? Fuck, I got people folding them for me. See all these sponsors all over the place, dude? My shit's been in the embroidery shop for three weeks, kid. (laughs) 10.10 a.m. rolls around. I get called to the box. Adam Hawk, you are on the tee at the south course of Torrey Pines. What a cool thing to hear over the loudspeaker. So how was the right rough on one? That's exactly where I went. <laughs> That's exactly where I went. No, you nailed it. You nailed it. Oh, God. I, I, can, I can see the shot now. They should call me Adam Block. <laughs> Adam Block. <laughs> the South Course at Torrey Pines is famously known, or in this case, infamously known, for its heinous ankle-deep rough, which if you're watching on a TV broadcast, they will always get one Yahoo to go out there, drop a ball, and that ball will disappear into a black hole because that rough quite simply swallows balls. And I didn't know if it was hype. I didn't know if it was real. But I know that my very first shot of that day went about 240 yards dead right into the rough, completely inbounds, in between the cart path and the fairway. Lost ball. Couldn't find it. Lost. Gone. Gone forever. You know how many balls that place mows? Lost my first ball in the rough. Couldn't find it. And it's frustrating because if you've ever played golf and you can't find a ball that you know is very, very much in play, it's annoying because of all the time it takes, of what it does to your scorecard, everything that's involved with that. But to make matters worse, it was cart path only because the (laughs) tournament was coming up. So here is the scenario that we had all day and every single group had. Cart path only. You're staying on the path. You're parking as close to parallel as where you think your ball might be because you have no idea. It's in the rough. So you're just trying to guess from 240 yards back where it might be. You drive parallel to it. You take anywhere between a 30 to 50-yard hike to that ball. You're carrying three to five clubs because you don't know where it is or what you're going to need to get out. You're bringing your range finder so you can gun it from where it's at. And you're bringing an extra ball in case you cannot find the ball that you're looking for. If you forget any one of those essential items during your 30 to 50-yard walk from your cart to where you think your ball is, you're turning back around to your cart, going and getting it, coming back to your ball and playing that one shot. It took our group five hours and 45 minutes to play 18 holes of golf on a golf course that was shut down to the general public. Shut down to the general public, and it took us nearly six hours to get around. We averaged 20 minutes to play a single hole of golf all day. Sounds like work. It was work. So Torrey Pines itself, whether it's north or south, is a magnificent piece of property. It's massive. It's expansive. It's probably in one of the most 
affluent places in the entire world, La Jolla, California. The views are dramatic. They're breathtaking. You're on a cliff, the Pacific Ocean, the paragliders. It's incredible. The history there, it's awesome. None of that was lost on me. At least when you're getting your ass kicked, you've got a great view. However, the golf itself was extremely difficult and laborsome. And I got to tell you, if I go back to media day next year or any year after, I am putting in a hard request for the North Course. Was it hard just because of the rough? I would say that the rough was the beginning domino in what made it so hard. Hitting the ball in the rough, not being able to find that ball, it being cart path only, the hiking back and forth, the carrying all the clubs, the rangefinder, the dropping at least 12 balls for balls that were very, very much in play. Yeah, that's crazy. It was crazy. And I'm not dogging the people that put us out. I'm not dogging Tory Pines. I'm just saying... That is a PGA Tour caliber stop at this point in the year and a 12.1 handicap, now a 13.7 after La Quinta and Torrey Pines, has no business on that golf course. I love Torrey, but I love the North a lot more than the South, and I would never play the South in a media preview day ever again. Did you buy some more balls at the turn? Let me tell you, you are going to, I don't know, come over the table at me right now. You offered me golf balls on our way out to La Quinta. Yeah. You said, hey, I got some golf balls if you need something at the shop. I stopped here on the way oh down. Oh, my God. Which ones did you use? Because gra- some of those are savers. I didn't grab any savers. I grabbed unmarked, uncommemorative Titleist Pro V1s. You have no business playing Pro V1s. I only grabbed those because I had two choices. Pro V1s or cut golf balls. Yeah. <laughs> And I wasn't going to show up anywhere with cut golf balls. Yeah, well, they do cut. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, again, huge thank you for the people that put us out there. Two things can be true at the same time. You love saying that. I can be very grateful for the opportunity. And And it could also suck. And Yes, and be very happy to have had the opportunity (laughs) and to have experienced great views and check off a bucket list course. And the golf could have really been bad. And the golf was bad. Let's move on. Well, quickly... You know, I just mentioned my handicap went up from a 12.1 to a 13.7 over these last two rounds of golf. Bad news for the ego, great news for the Indian Wells member guest. Yeah, but I think they do low index for the year. Damn it. They do that for guys like you that think they're going to sandbag their way into some shootout. There was nothing sandbagging about what was happening at Lucky Territory. Did I look like a guy sandbagging at those Your places? excitement for your handicap to go up so you could go to a pure country club and play your best yeah that is sandbagging speaking of that country club are you going out there tomorrow to play with nation stalwart zach weber yep i guess my invite got lost in the mail i told you a couple times you were part of the original group chat that you didn't engage in i can try to lead you to water but when i know that you have no interest in drinking out of the trough i just kind of look elsewhere great week for our friends out at the Sony in Hawaii. Yeah, PK played played pretty good. PK played really good. He finished T12. Nice little paycheck for him. Local San Clemente legend Jordan Guilford, who is still walking on two feet as a caddy because you managed to step on the brakes before running him over on his bicycle. Yeah, that would have been bad. His boss, Andrew Putnam, went top 10. Nice payday for our guy Jordan Guilford. And Joe Etter. His dude, Davis Thompson, bounced back from a terrible Thursday to make the cut on the number, which brought Jetter two extra days in Hawaii and a paycheck 
and when Jet walked off the course, his Green Bay Packers had won their playoff game against the Cowboys. As Joe texted me after yesterday's final round, quote, things are good in Etterville. That's for sure. Wow. You'll love to hear it. You'll love to hear it. And if there's anyone we want things to be going good for, it's Joe Etter. I mean, come on. Hell of a guy. Now all three of those guys, our friends, Patton Kazire, Jordan Guilford, and Joe Etter, are on their way from Hawaii, a place near and dear to you, to a place even more near and dear to you. PGA West. (laughs) (laughs) The western home of stucco in America. (laughs) They're on their way to the Bob Hope Classic. It is Uh. the Bob Hope Week. This week is a little oxymoronic. It's a little juxtaposed. This week represents a lot of who you are and why you are the way that you are. However, I wouldn't say it's a shadow of itself. There's not even a shadow anymore. Oh, no. One of the accounts, I think it was the actual PGA Tour account, but they posted something a couple days ago, and it was like an old picture of Bob Hope, and it was like, here's Bob Hope from his 50-plus years of hosting the thing. A lot of this tournament is because of, of his thing, and this like they just made it seem like, yeah, he was kind of a part of it, whatever. It's like, no, dude. He built the whole deal. You're not going to have all these courses and all of these things pop up out there unless you get some economic stimulus by getting people to come out. But most importantly, the whole reason why that valley got shaped was because the Bob Hope Desert Classic focused on charity right out of the gates, and they built the Eisenhower Memorial Center. They built a massive hospital that was dedicated to a former president that literally built the valley. Palm Springs was always going to be its thing, but that tournament was never there. It was at Thunderbird for a while, but when it became the Palm Springs Classic, it was all the new clubs out that were building the valley. The fact that he was such a star in such a golden era and built this whole thing from nothing to one of the most premier tournaments on tour... The fact that that is all just left in the dust and fucking a fart in the wind at this point. If I'm part of the Bob Hope estate, I'm suing, dude. (laughs) I'm suing. I'm suing the Clintons. I'm suing Humana. I'm suing the Amex. Suing the city of La Quinta. I'm in court like Donald Trump. It's a shame what they've done to this tournament. It's a shame. Now, the pros hate the pro-am aspect of it because it's just these rich guys who are out there getting in the way for, for a weekend getting showered with gifts at all these company parties all week. It's a joke, dude. And the whole thing at PGA West, the two courses they play out there, it's just that is just not a pure depiction of classic desert golf. Thank God they're still at Laquina Country Club. Those courses, those are the Caddyshack 2 of Coachella Valley Golf. It's really sad. It's weird. And Hope's gone. He's a lost, lost discussion in the whole thing now. It's a love-hate thing. I still go out and support it, although I can't make it this year because I'll be gone. For me personally, I think it's it's a shame. Yeah, you grew up going to it. It's a very different thing than what it used to be. It was the Bob Hope Desert Classic. The amateurs were celebrities. They were Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, former presidents, TV show hosts. And now the amateurs playing in this tournament are what I refer to as anonymous money. You don't know who they are. They're just loaded to the gills. And they're no longer playing at these historic country clubs, save for La Quinta. They're playing at PGA West, which is a horrible representation of what desert golf is. It's Pete Dye, Jack Nicklaus, 
Greg Norman to an extent, trying to make something that looks good on a postcard. It's these undulated hills that bowl out the fairways. It's dormant Bermuda. It looks nothing like anything. It's that, a fucking carnival, dude. It's what it is, yeah. And Look how high this bunker is. <laughs> Look, we slide down on our butts. It's a gimmick. Yeah. And PGA West, that facility, is not a representation of what desert golf is. Huge shout out to La Quinta Country Club. Oh, yeah. They're still holding on. I talked to a friend the other day, Judd Spicer, who is a esteemed golf writer, and he said, you got to give credit to La Quinta because it still offers a true test to today's pro. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few country clubs out there that when you tip it out and you roll those greens, it can still give those guys fits. Yeah, now granted, it's so pure out there that if you're on fire, they will tear that place up. 100%. But you're right, it has defense. And it's cool that it's still a part of it. I will say that it just looks so out of place to how much they've bastardized the rest of the tournament. It looks nothing like what's going on over at PGA West. Oh yeah, the dormant rough. So dumb. And it's so easy for those guys. Yeah. Those guys spray it over there, and it's like they get a perfect flyer lie every time. Yeah. But you've got this beautiful, pure, green, palm tree-lined country club with amazing mid-century houses lining the fairways. And then you go over to PGA West. It looks like the Indian Wells Resort course. Yeah. And there's stucco homes everywhere. And to make matters worse, they don't put any TV towers at La Quinta, so they never even show that course on television. Yeah. All you see are the stadium course and the Nick Turney course, and the outside world's view of desert golf is PGA West, which you affectionately refer to as PGA Worst. Yeah. And you know what's funny is there's definitely that PGA West guy. Oh, yeah. You can point him out. There's also the people outside of the valley who plan their golf trips. Oh, yeah. And they go down the list, and they're like, Bandon Dunes, Pebble, PGA West. Hey, thank God for them. Keep going. Keep it on the list. Stay out of my way. Less people on the 111, Adam, because they get off at Washington and go straight across. Stay off my lawn, dude. <laughs> you need to clear your throat? No. You sure? Yeah. I just want to talk more. <laughs> I am... Despite everything we just said about that tournament and PGA West, I am bummed that we're not going. We went the last two years together to support Joe Edder and Patton Kazire. Yep. And you want to talk about getting recognized. While you might struggle to get recognized in Park City, Utah at Sundance. Uh, we'll see. I don't think you can walk 10 feet at a Southern California golf tournament and not get stopped. You want to win some money from your wife? Go out to PGA West with this guy because he gets stopped every couple of seconds to take pictures and to give tips. So it'll be kind of a bummer not to go out there. It will be, but we'll be back. Do you have the Genesis or the Farmers on your list at all to visit this year? I'd like to go to the Genesis. We'll plan it out off the iPod broadcast, but let's make it a point that we get out to the Genesis again. When we get there, I'm going to need you to take it down seven notches. Ryan Engel has a dentist appointment to get to. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to The Fellowship. We will catch you next week. You'll love hearing it.